Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. Oh, just beautiful. Uh, That's Sarah Brightman, written by Noel Coward, and the song If Love Were All. Brilliant. It's a piece of music that uh, you can hear uh, being performed in Hay Fever at the Nottingham Lace Market Theatre, the 14th to the 19th of November. So it starts tomorrow. Uh, I was very lucky enough uh, to be invited down yesterday, uh, not only to help celebrate 100 years of the Lace Market Theatre, but also to get a very special um, preview, if you like, uh, a gala performance of Hay Fever. Uh, and joining me on the phone is the director of Hay Fever, Mr. Peter Konowalik. Good morning, Peter. How are you doing? Good morning, Kev. I'm fine, thank you. How's, how's the cricket? Before we start um, on Hay quite, Fever. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I've given you my undivided attention, but we oh. didn't need much from the last uh, couple of overs. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I'll... I'll have a look when we finish. Marvellous stuff, lovely. Right, now then, uh, as we mentioned, Hay Fever uh, by Noel Coward. Not a play to be sniffed at, um, or sneezed at even. Um, So it's it's one of the plays that I've not seen before of of Noel Coward's. Uh, I mean, I've seen stuff like Private Lives and Blythe Spirit, of course, uh, and Hay Fever is now another one that I can tick off that list. Now, for those who don't know the play, tell us uh, what Hay Fever is all about. Yeah, um, it's... um it's a situational comedy to a certain extent with a with a dysfunctional family so that's obviously quite familiar to theater goers um there's a family called the bliss family um the um the mother of the bliss family judith bliss is um is um is an actress and and she's just she's just retired from the stage but uh, she um, she still lives her life um, as if she is acting out in, in the theatre. And her two children, Sorrel and Simon, um, go along with this, as to a certain extent does her uh, husband, David. Um, they invite, each of the family invite a guest down for the weekend to their country house near the River Thames. And um, with, with really with a view to... Um, to manipulating the guests around and toying with them. So the whole of the uh, the play kind of revolves around how the guests are thrown into this, um, to this uh, strange environment, which they're not used to and having the family manipulate them through the play. And eventually at the end, they realize what's happened to them, but um, it's all with comedic effect, of course. Of course, and as I said, I went to see it yesterday, and I I loved it. I, I loved I love the way Noel Coward writes. Uh, I mean, there's such a lot of wit. He's known for his wit, uh, and along with Oscar Wilde, I mean, he's always been rated as one of the wittiest of playwrights. Uh, but I believe that Coward has said of this particular play that the play has no plot and few witty lines. Now, I I totally disagree uh, with that. As the director, I mean, what do you think? I, I'm I'm sure you disagree with Noel Coward. Well, it's an interesting point, and it's one which I've really thought about because during rehearsals, people were, were, you know, just corpsing and laughing at at various scenes and situations. Now, my my take on it is that this was of its time. This was written um, in the 1920s. And um, Coward is quoted as saying he's based the character of Judith on uh, on a friend of his that he went to stay with. so really, we're talking about people who in the 1920s were real people. And uh, audiences in the 20s, um, I suspect, looked upon these people as real people 
and and revered them. Um, you know, the sort of um, Judith Bliss and sort of go back to sort of the actor managers of the 1920s. Today, um, we sort of view them as a sort of parody of, of, of these people and can, and can laugh at them because they're absurd characters, which in the 1920s, I don't think they were viewed as real characters. That's my particular take on it. And I was a little bit worried because I said to myself, am I making it too funny? Um, but no, I think it... Um, I think it's of a different time and it's looked upon very differently by the audiences today. I you know, I don't think you can make it sort of t too funny. because I mean, they're his words, aren't they? And, and people, as you say, it was a completely different time. And the comedy is there in the words. And, and obviously the actors sort of, if, if you like, they... they they play a part and they just uh, they they say the words you know so they will automatically find the funny side um or the the fully uh, funny sort of inflection on what is being said in the script and uh, I, you know I, I don't think you can make it too funny if, if somebody has written something that funny and as we said Noel Cowley you know he's a great wit isn't he and maybe he didn't probably he didn't even think that what he was writing was as funny as as what he what it is but, I mean, it, it's it's 100 years down the line, practically, isn't it? So, It is 100 years down the line, yes. Nearly, and, anyway. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, a line which, on the page, doesn't look particularly funny, but it's how it's delivered, you know, well, with a big pause before, can you punt? And things like that, yes. you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's something that... It's a sort of language which we don't use these days. We don't have people who talk like that anymore. You're dead right. I was just looking at the uh, at the the, the program here, and uh, I've, so I've I've not found <laughs> so I've I've got it somewhere else. But uh, the lady who plays um, uh, I, th I think it's Judith. Um, she she reminds me so much of Patricia Rutledge, and I could envisage Patricia Rutledge playing that part. I don't know if she's ever played it in the past, um, but. And I love Patricia uh, Patricia Rutledge. She has got just real funny bones, but she delivers it. As if it's not funny, and that is what struck me as funny. If you like, if, if that makes sense, um, you know, the the character doesn't think they're funny, but to anybody else watching, it, it's funny. Yeah, I, I don't know if I put that across right, but uh, but I, I've just got this image of Patricia Rutledge, who you know, everything that she says, she doesn't feel is funny, but to, to the outside world. It's it's funny, so and it is a very very funny. It's a very witty um, play. Now that it's uh, set in the nineteen twenties, of course, um, the costumes. I mean, they were very stylish, and seeing them on stage last night, uh, you know, you can always see your reflection from where I was sitting in the shoes. They were so highly polished. Um, describe the costumes uh, that that uh, every, everybody's wearing uh, on stage because they were gorgeous. Well, when I set out when I set out on this exercise, um, the second act really is where the costumes uh, come to their yeah. fore, where everybody's in evening dress. And I said to Max Bromley, who looked after the costumes for me, to say, I, I wanted it to sparkle. I wanted it to sparkle because it was an eve. It was it, it, it was it was in ideally set in the evening with the costumes. Now, they've um, the wardrobe. Um, have really pulled out uh, the stops on this. And um, Max tells me that some of the costumes that you saw last night were original 1920s costumes. Wow. So they are actually antiques, some of them. And um, I, I don't... I, I've been to the wardrobe at uh, Lace Market a number of times, but um, they clearly... Um, delved into the inner recesses of it and started finding things which they'd forgotten even existed. Um, so they, um, they really dressed 
the play well. And I think it's um, a tribute to the costume team that they've delivered that on the gala production because I think it needed to be something very special. They definitely gave the wow um, bit of it anyway. So I, I, I was... I just want one of those suits. They're gorgeous. Those suits are. Um, so one one thing that threw me, and I was waiting to find out why this is, and I, I don't know whether it's just me, um, but Luke, who plays Simon Bliss, uh, in the first scene, he's seen sat, uh, sitting down, sat sitting down, and uh, there's a hole in his sock. Now I don't. I I was thinking, is, is that relevant to something later on or what? But nothing came. Is that just because he'd got a hole in his sock, or was it supposed to be there? It's intentional. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I probably missed it then. I was enjoying it, it too much. Yeah, if you if you um, sort of listen to the dialogue, you know, that he's, he's a bit unkempt, he's a bit untidy, yeah. and his mother berates him a little bit for not having a shave. Yeah, and for, and I mean, for I, washing, I, I, yeah. I, have to, I have to confess, I cribbed that a little bit. There's a picture on YouTube from a professional production with uh, Luke having a hole in his sock, and I ah. thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite uh, interesting. So I make sure that... Um, the toe is well seen. Yes. <laughs> I, I wonder what, why that was. And then I thought, you know, with, with the line sort of, you know, saying it's not washed for days and stuff like that. Uh, so, ah, I, I get it. It was just me. I, I, I slightly missed it. So that sorts that one out. Now, Coward wrote several musicals. This isn't one of them, of course, but uh, you do have music in the production. And we played there if love were... Love, if I can get my words out, if love were all uh, by Sarah Brightman, uh, that that was one. And another was T for Two. Um, how did you go about sort of finding the right music to put in a play which isn't a musical? I found it a little bit difficult to be quite honest because uh, I'm uh, my 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 grasp of 1920s music and it's a tick again, particularly of its time, is not great. So um, I spent actually hours trying to find suitable bits of, uh, of music. And um, a couple of things suddenly came to mind. Um, many, many years ago, um, I, when I used to perform, I was, um, Longian Operatic Society, who I was with at the time, um, performed a musical called Bittersweet. And I sort of yeah. thought, because we've been trying to find a piece. In, in fact, there should be a piano on stage, but at the Lace Market Theatre, we don't have room for a piano. So we, we, did it, we did it to a gramophone. And I suddenly thought, oh, I went in the loft and got my old score of Bittersweet down. And I thought, what can we... Oh, yes, if love were all. That's, uh, that's quite a poignant song because it would fit in with the timing. And as well as that, it is actually scripted to include T for Two, sung by um, the, the maid, Clara. Um, so again, I needed a fill-in for a bit of scene change. So I, I, I found a, uh, a a suitably long version, piano version of T for Two by Al Bowley, which is 1920s. So yeah, I, it, it was challenging, but um, I was quite pleased with what I came up with in the end. Now, Hay Fever was written in 1924, as we mentioned earlier, two years after the seeds of the Lace Market Theatre were sown. Uh, so quite apt for the 100th celebrations. How else is the Lace Market Theatre celebrating this milestone? Because it's a massive milestone, isn't it? 100 years. It is, it is. And as well as that, during our 100th year, we, uh, we received the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service um, about um, just, just before Her Majesty passed away, um, which, again... Um, which, which which actually marks the um, the um, the volunteer the volunteer side of the theatre. As you know, it's entirely run by volunteers, yep. and it's a mammoth exercise. And we're assessed by various um, 
um, uh, deputy Lord Lieutenants to see how you know we, how we would qualify for that award. And I think in some ways that has really um, that that's really underpinned the hundred year celebrations. Well, I'm so pleased that it is still here, hundred years on and thriving wonderfully. Um, so, and thank you so much for inviting me down yesterday. I, I had an absolute ball. I don't often go out on Saturdays. Um, I'm not let out on Saturdays, uh, but I, I made sure I wasn't going to miss that one. So it's brilliant. How can people get tickets to come and see Hay Fever? Okay, um, you, you, I can't remember the number off the top of my head. Um, if, if they go to the um, Lace Market Theatre website, it's the best way of doing it, www.lacemarkettheatre.co.uk, um, and find Hay Fever and look for performances. Um, we, we're, we're sold out two performances now, and it looks like a couple more might, might be sold out. So again, um, rush down to get your tickets. And also, if you prefer to use a phone, um, there is a box office number, but it's not it's not staffed 24 of 7. So, again, if you've got the internet, the best solution is to go via the website. Definitely. The number I've got here, 0115 if you want to call the box office. But, um, as you say, it's not staffed all the time, so it's sort of hit and miss as to whether you're going to get some. Easy enough to book it online as well, and you can pick your tickets, and you know you've got your ticket um, that, that way. So uh, I, I've got every feeling that yeah, this is going to be a sellout throughout the week. Um, and, and, as you say, it's selling out pretty quickly. Uh, so great indication even before it's opened. Uh, it does start tomorrow, the 14th, uh, and goes all the way through to Saturday, the 19th of November. It's Hay Fever by Noel Coward. It's at the Lace Market Theatre. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Peter, for telling us a little bit more about it. And as I say, thank you for an amazing night last night. A- everything was brilliant. The buffet I could have done with the doggy bag, to tell you the truth. The food was that gorgeous. Um, but uh, it, it, it's, it's just a wonderful, great fun play hay fever go and see it and uh, and just enjoy it. it's brilliant peter thank you so much um i should i should probably see you on monday night as well oh you're coming again Excellent. i'm, co- I'm well, coming thanks, again thanks. I, can't, I can't get enough of it thanks very much for your support kev as always my pleasure indeed and thank you for buff everything that you do in the theater as well um have a have a wonderful rest of the sunday and uh, i know that next week it's going to be sort of well pretty busy for you i imagine so are, are you sitting I, in on, on most of the performances or? No, no, I've, I've done my work. Is done. <laughs> I, 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 to a certain extent, I, I, I let them get on with it, but I'll, 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 I will be uh, lurking in the shadows, I think, occasionally. That's what directors do. They lurk in the shadows just to make sure everyone's yep. behaving themselves. So, Peter, thank you once again uh, for your time and uh, we'll see, see you down there next week. Did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity? As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you.